Hello and welcome, <laughs> welcome, welcome uh, to another episode of the Jack Michelle Radio Hour. It is uh, August thirteenth. It's a beautiful Monday in Southern California, and uh, I'm here with you. I'm Casey Gazem. I used to listen to Casey Gazem so much. Uh, I love the radio because my parents wouldn't allow me to watch TV, and that was the closest I could get to uh, you know Sodom and Gomorrah. Closely situated to all forms of outside entertainment that are American, and uh, and I would watch, I would listen to a ton of Casey Kasem and uh, his Top Forty uh, Sunday rundown, and um, it was funny because you know he's he's like Casey is uh, using like nineteen sixties radio methods, uh, like he's introducing. Uh, like Jay Z, the same way he introduced the Beach Boys fifty years prior, and here is with his song, ninety nine problems, but a bitch ain't one. The one and only Jay Z. Um, and I'm back. Uh, now we're gonna play a hit from the music I listen to from Negro artists. <laughs> uh. Nat King Cole. That would be funny if he's he's such a dinosaur. He actually introduces, and here is a um. My God, uh, here is a song from a, uh, a, a an up and coming Negro artist, Big Sean. Uh, that would <laughs> like. <laughs> oh God, this would go great with um, like he. Like he was, uh, he's like he's covering Mao's. Here's here's another hit from a top recording Oriental artist, Mao Zedong. Um, and he's just he's just he just does that constantly. He just says um, all that stuff. He like he just he just keeps going with it. Mao Zedong is an interesting guy. He's pretty good um, at that cultural. Here's a song called Cultural Revolution. Um, <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with this. Anyways, yeah, I used to love the radio. I used to listen to, I couldn't go to sleep unless, and I, uh, unless I listened to country music, which was, uh, which was odd for me. I never listened to it, like, during the day. But for some reason, it was, like, very soothing at night. Like, I, I imagined that my bunk bed was, like, out somewhere, you know, somewhere past Kansas. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it was by a campfire. I'd leave my lamp on uh, care w- to, to scare away the uh, rattlesnakes also because I uh, was afraid of the dark until, uh, I don't know, 18. Um, I was afraid of the dark until uh, last week. And, uh, and yeah, I don't know. I just, I, I would listen, I'd leave my lamp on and I'd listen to country music and I'd imagine that I was on the prairie at night. And it would really just be very soothing, and I would just go to sleep. It was wonderful. Uh, couldn't get enough of it. I listened to so much country music. I don't even know what the songs were, um, but I just liked the twang. It felt very authentic and very warm and heartfelt. Um, the same way that I imagine most people who are drinking out of red cups when they're at a Jason Aldean concert feel. Probably, actually, it's probably very similar to that. Um... My nieces regularly request the the song "Body Like a Country Road" because their uh, aunts, their aunts, listen to it, 
and uh, and I always just think that that's very funny that the uh, the great tradition of country music uh, among <laughs> among uh, minority kids continues. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I just thought that that was just funny. Like, I also listened to a, sh- a ton of uh, Disney radio. That was my favorite. Disney, Disney radio, Radio Disney, Disney on the radio, <laughs> Disney on the radio. Up and coming band from Brooklyn. Casey Kasem, we're introducing a song. Uh, it's called Wolf Like Me by Disney on the Radio. Uh, I was, yeah, I listened to a lot of, like, the Radio Disney channel for kids. Um, I always wanted to go to their uh, events where, like, Mickey Mouse would appear or the Kool-Aid Man would appear, and I'd beg my mom, and she would just go, I can't, uh, we're too busy. I, that's That's in Maryland. That's, like, an hour drive. Um... And I never went. I never went to a single kids radio station event. It was on AM radio, so uh, occasionally, like if I was tuning for it, because like that was what I would do if I went somewhere. I would immediately, like if I got in the car, I'd immediately tune to the kids radio station, and I would just sit there and I would listen to it. And um, it was just wonderful. I just I really enjoyed uh, listening to it. Like no matter what radio I found, I would just immediately switch it to AM. And then tuned to, I think it was 1460. 1460 in the D.C. area. Kids radio. So much fun. They always played the, ris- the River of Life. I listened to that song a billion times when I was a kid. Also, um, Can You Feel the Love Tonight? Ooh. Can you feel the love tonight? Uh, I forget the rest of the lyrics, but my God, I listened to that song so many times. Between that and country music. That was that was my shit, and um, God, I uh, I listened to so much of that kids radio station. Um, they just oh, and and they would play like Scat Man, and uh, just just so many so many great kids artists that I just oh I listened to that forever, and it was just so fun because I got to replay my favorite moments in The Lion King. I haven't seen The Lion King in. I don't know, probably since it came out. It's been a long time. Uh, those are the only movies. That it is interesting that, like, Disney movies are the only movies that we've all seen. Because, like, any movies that came out as a teenager, it's not like you're going to go back and see the movies. Like, like, no millennial, no one in their early 20s today has probably seen the teenage movies I saw. Because teenage movies are forgettable. They're trash. But, um... But... You know, Disney movies are, like, timeless. Like, we've all seen the same ones. Like, I saw Mulan when I was young, and my nieces are seeing Mulan. They've seen, like, a billion times. It's just timeless. It's great. Like, kid stuff, it's... That's the thing. When when a kid stuff hits it out of the park, it flies. Because kids watch the same film about a billion times, and... um they shouldn't even let you buy the DVDs for these movies. They should actually just, you have to pay each time. And Disney would be even richer than it is. Disney would just buy all the other film studios. Because kids, man, they rewatch movies. That is money well spent. If you spend money on children on movies, oh, they will watch those until the plastic melts on the DVD. And uh, if you download it, they'll watch it until your TV melts. They'll watch Mulan until um, the sun stops engaging in nuclear fish- fusion. That's that's how long 
kids will uh, will watch that stuff. Anyways, yeah. So no, get, oh, can you feel the love tonight? Kids radio loved it, loved it. Occasionally, it was like country music or kids radio. Occasionally, I listen to Top Forty, but it was always funny. Oh, that's what I wanted to say. Th- I'd listen to country music and then you tune on to like the conservative talk radio station. So it was weird because like sometimes. I would lose where it was in the dial, and then I was like, who is this man, and why is he so angry? And I find out it's like G. Gordon Liddy, or like Ollie North has a radio station. So like that was my childhood, like <laughs> listening uh, to kids' radio, and then like um, Ollie North somehow <laughs> disrupting the signal every couple of days, and I would just hear about like, like we got to take our country back, and I was like, oh, is this, is this like Simba? <laughs> I get it. I get it. He's like he's like a, a real life version of Simba. Like he was kicked out, lost his kingdom. His uncle orchestrated his father's death, and now he's trying to take his country back. I get it now. I think that that seems really innocent. It seems like a very positive thing. Um, just that's that's what I thought. I, that's how I thought it worked. Um, <laughs> Just, just trying to, just trying to get back his lost crown. Um, yeah, God, that was so good. And I loved Rafiki, Rafiki, like the old mystic. Rafiki's secrets. We would, my brother and I would say that to each other. We'd look each other in the eyes and go, Rafiki's secrets. Uh, like the the hidden language of siblings with one another. Rafiki's secrets. Rafiki secret. Rafiki secret. I'm making a uh, googly eyes with my eyes right now. So, just so you know. Uh, Rafiki secret. Rafiki secret. Um, there was also a video game that came out. And that's where we prominently learned that Rafiki secrets thing. Um, I uh, just want to remind you that if you're being driven insane <laughs> by me saying Rafiki secrets... That this podcast is free, <laughs> and um, and uh, you number. I have to tell you three things. First of all, this podcast is free. Two, you can quit uh, listening at any time. And three, I won't blame you. <laughs> That's the most important thing. I won't blame you. <laughs> um, I just worked out. I'm very giddy uh, right now. Uh, I'm very sweaty. I'm, uh, I I put a uh, pillowcase on my on my seat, so whatever um, you know ass being uh, seeps out of me uh, doesn't get into the, this beautiful, wonderful chair I bought, which is wonderful and wonderful. Um, I'm going to h- pause this for a second. And we're back, soccer fans. We're back. Um, I took a pause to uh, to get a towel and lay it on my chair, so really, you know, my whatever assness I have is not seeping into this beautiful, beautiful chair. It's a steel case leap, and I love it, and I spent my life savings on it, and it was worth it. <laughs> I hope to be buried in this chair. That's how comfortable it is. Uh, I want an upright casket. I want it to be, I want a casket that looks like a British phone booth. And I want to be buried upright. And I want it to be in this chair. <laughs> because I paid so much for it. And, uh, but, uh, but anyways, yeah, we were talking about, uh, Ollie North radio stations being a kid. Yeah. We just, oh, we'd always say Rafiki secrets because we played this video game and we're just obsessed with the Lion King video game. It's very good. 
think at the end of last year, around December, I played the Aladdin video game. Again, was wonderful. Um, definitely uh, cheated to beat the game because it's way too hard. And I'm an adult and I don't have time to just keep playing the same level over and over again. <laughs> Not doing that. Uh, but it was actually the Aladdin game was surprisingly good because usually uh, games that are from licensed IP is always terrible. Uh, that's intellectual property for you uh, non-nerds out there. You uh, lay people. You people laying down. You of the laity. Um, that is interesting. I mean, you think about it. Like, no wonder, like, priests, they, they call us the lay people. If that's not a sign that they're creepy, the I don't know what is. Um, anyways, uh, what else? Uh, so this weekend, uh, lots of things happened. Uh, no, not that much happened, but I had a good time. Uh, Movie Pass continues its um, uh, travails. I was wanted to go see. <laughs> I wanted to go see Mission Impossible and uh, was not playing. Could not see it in the theater because Movie Pass is pretending like it doesn't exist. Movie Pass is basically like you can watch any movie you want right now. So it's really funny because of course last episode I defended Movie Pass. And soliloquized about it, and you both both uh, gave it a loving, uh, living. Re I gave it like the kind of speech about movie pass that you would give. Like both, it was both like the kind of thing you'd say about movie pass at a recommitment ceremony if you were uh, recommitting to it and inviting all your friends, uh, as well as uh, a place uh, like you know if I was giving a eulogy uh, for movie pass, it was both at the same time a eulogy and a recommitment vows and um i uh have to take it all back now because i was a little frustrated that movie pass showed uh that uh mission impossible was available to see at the los files uh three and then uh, excuse me uh, los files trois and uh i uh, went over to uh glendale and they did not uh, have it playing there were only two movies listed the meg and like some other movie and it was like all the other movies just didn't exist on Movie Pass. Movie Pass is basically like you can see any movie you want. Um, can I get uh, <coughs> one for uh, Black Klans Klansman? Um, uh, never heard of that movie. Interesting. Uh, I've never. Are you sure that's a movie? Because uh, I've never heard of it. Uh, what about Mission Impossible? Hmm. I don't think that's out yet. I think that comes out on Tuesday. MoviePass just sent me an email saying, hey, get ready for the movie Mission Impossible. Um, when it, of course, has actually already been out for like a week and a half. Uh, but they were like, this Tuesday, get ready for it. I'm like, um, I hate to tell you MoviePass, but that's been out for two weeks. Oh, we just didn't know. Um, we forgot to put it in our... A uh, multi-million dollar computer app system. Uh, so we just didn't know that the movie was out until two weeks afterwards. So anyways, I just think that that's interesting. And uh, we'll see. I mean, I got a few more months left on MoviePass. So, you know, I'll enjoy it for what it is. And uh, then after that, who cares? Uh, you know, Mazel Tov. Uh, so... Uh, what is up? Oh yeah, the first movie I saw on Movie Pass was um, was uh, uh, the Last Jedi. That's why my Movie Pass expires on December twenty fifth. 
because I used it for the first time on Christmas Day. Uh, anyways, uh, so that was interesting. Uh, I went and saw a play in Manhattan Beach, which was fun. They have this beautiful park over there. Like, it's just gorgeous. Uh, we were talking about why uh, I was realizing, like, I've been to M- Manhattan Beach. I've stumbled upon it a few times, and I've been like, it's gorgeous down here. I was like, why is this place so gorgeous? And then I realized when I looked into it and thought about it more that it's really gorgeous uh, because it's a very wealthy community. And I was like, why is this community so wealthy? And then I realized that all these defense contractors are um, are nearby, uh, and there's just a lot of money in that. Uh, so that's why Manhattan Beach is really nice, um, which does not put a damper on it um, because uh, it's just it's a beautiful park. Uh, never mind uh, any kind of, uh, you know, military-industrial complex thing. Never fear. Uh, wonderful. Um, Northrop Grumman fights our war, so places like this can stay beautiful. Um, and also the tax revenue goes towards that. So uh, that is that. And uh, but, but no, but I mean, honestly, aside from uh, me putting a damper on this by making it political, um, it was, no, it was like, it's really nice in Manhattan Beach. It's like, it's gorgeous. And it's just it's just beautiful down there. And uh, I saw what do we see? Uh, w- the Winter's Tale, which was fun. Uh, I didn't see the first half of it uh, because of traffic from Santa Monica. It took forty five minutes to get down to Manhattan Beach. I didn't realize it would take so long, but you know, traffic being what it is. And uh, it was it was just it was just gorgeous down there. The park was beautifully set up. They have like a natural amphitheater built into the hill. So it was, like, great viewing from basically, like, not a bad seat in the house. Uh, The Winter's Tale was, like, really interesting. I wish I saw the first half because the first half was more of a tragedy. And then the second half is, like, very sort of comedic, uh, which is interesting tonally. Like, I think think Shakespeare was, like, still, like, like figuring out how plays worked. Um, And then he just killed it. He just, like, killed it with... um, with uh with like Richard the Third. Richard the Third to me is like the best Shakespeare play ever. That play is lights out. It has everything. Except fun. Does not have any fun in it. Actually no, it does have fun. Richard the Third has a lot of fun killing everybody. But otherwise it's it's pretty grim. Um but it's but that is to me that's like the best play. It's my favorite. It's my it's my favorite. Um to quote a Louis C. K. bit. It's my favorite. And um I, you know, Winter's Tale was interesting. And uh, this Sunday I'm going to go see uh, Titus Andronicus, which uh, should be good because I've heard that it is a very, very dark play. Uh, So I'm looking forward to seeing it live at the Old Theater. Uh, Be there or be square or be well-rested because it's on a Sunday night and goes until 10. So, you know, another option is to just be well-rested. Uh, I, but the, yeah, the play was good. Uh, what can I say about it? It was just, it's funny because it was like, I came in and it was like the heaviest, heaviest of tragedy. And the second half was all just like romance and silliness and love. And, uh, and you know, of course, like the, the inner cynic in me was like, oh, well, I wish I saw the first half. Uh, but the second half was nice and it was fun. And then we ended up just like hanging out there, uh, by their little lake and for like a couple hours and it was uh it was just awesome. Uh what else? So b- I got a bunch of funny things in the mail over the weekend. Uh I got Well, first of all, I went to also on Friday I went to Santa Monica uh to go meet up with my cousin 
and that was fun. But we uh, went, uh, but I went to the beach and I got this ice cream, and it was a three dollar cone, great value. But literally, it says on the label, "Produced with genetic engineering." Um, I hope you're legally required to write that on a label for an ice cream because that's not really the kind of thing that I probably would list voluntarily. It was a Blue Bunny Big Dipper Cookies and Cream Cone, uh, and it was awesome. It was really good, and I'm pretty sure it is just made of science. <laughs> made of science. <laughs> That's what it says on the label. Made of science. It's made of science. It's all good. Um, don't worry. Give it to your children. Produced with science. Using technology may contain trace amounts of radiation. Um, but I ate the cone nonetheless because, I mean, what was I going to do? I was like, eh, well, produce genetic engineering. It goes nothing. Let's try it. Uh, so that was, but it was a good cone. And uh, it was actually really nice to go to Santa Monica. It was cool. The beach, nice, beautiful. Uh, I know. It was funny, like, to see all the little kids, like, because. I, all the parents like cluster around um, the beach, around the pier, and I was wondering why they did. And I realized it's because the waves are smaller, because the pier breaks up a lot of the waves, so it's a lot less dangerous for children. Um, so, you know, kudos to you, parents, for figuring that out. Uh, I got a, um, uh, a, uh, a, uh, a invitation from the... Uh, Church of Scientology to come to an open house. They have a daily open house from 9 to 10. That is... That's a very accessible church. That's all I have to say. Uh, you go to a Catholic church, they're like, uh, come back when we're in Mass. Um, so I thought that that was interesting. Got that in the mail. I got this thing. It was amazing. Um, it was... Um, I got one of those letters that says... Um, it was like, ooh, it was like a purple envelope. And I was like, oh, this is... This must be from, like, a family member or something like that. A, f a, f a family member. And um, a family member, you know. You know how you go home for Thanksgiving to spend time with your family? And uh, this, uh, I got this, this envelope. Uh, it said current resident on it, which is always the most impersonal way to be nice. Just like, uh, whoever the fuck this is, um, we are inviting you to something. And so I opened the card. I'm like, oh, it's purple. It's got an actual stamp. Um, and has an address, but no name of the business, and uh, and I open it up, and it tells me that I've earned a free gourmet dinner exclusively for people with nerve damage symptoms, uh, which is just, I don't know, that's sort of amazing because, uh, I didn't know I had nerve damage symptoms, but apparently I do. I got this card. It says free gourmet dinner. Exclusively for people with nerve damage symptoms. If you have any of these symptoms, you need to attend this event. Numbness, sharp electric pain, cramping, burning pain, hurting when you walk, balance problems, prickling, tingling feelings, uh, or feeling, excuse me, not feelings. Uh, because that you could, if you have prickling and tingling feelings, you might just be in love. Uh, that's totally different from nerve damage. <laughs> it's a totally different place in the medical books. Uh, symptoms traveling up legs, aching, difficulty sleeping from leg or foot discomfort. Excuse me, leg slash foot discomfort. So my leg foot. Uh, sl difficulty sleeping from leg foot discomfort. Uh, but remember, it's a leg foot. 
It's got to be a leg foot. It can't be a leg or a foot. It's a leg forward slash foot. Uh, that makes it sound like it's a web address <laughs> that I'm giving you. Leg forward slash foot. Uh, like I'm giving you my password uh, to log into my Instagram for me. Um, enjoy a great dinner about us and learn the latest about neuropathy. So this is cool. It's a chiropractor. Optimal Health Straw Chiropractic. Free gourmet dinner exclusively for people with nerve damage symptoms. If you have any of the symptoms, you need to attend this event. So, wow. I just, I didn't even know. I mean, I, back to this definition, numbness, sharp electric plane, plane. <laughs> I can't pronounce any words correctly today. <laughs> sharp electric plane. If you have a sharp electric plane, uh, give me, uh, give me a ride in it sometime. Um, and you know, give me a ride now. I'd like to go to uh to to <laughs> to Vegas to go meet up with my family. Uh, and uh, anyways, I got that invitation, and I just read it, and I realized it's for a chiropractor. Um, but uh, I I didn't. Okay, so I get it now. I'm not actually invited to the event. It's if I have nerve damage symptoms. I'm invited to the event, so I just have to wait until like my leg falls asleep. My excuse me, my leg foot. <laughs> until my leg foot falls asleep, and then I can go. That would be wonderful. This is a great idea, <laughs> and uh, I think this riff is over. Nope, nope, nope. But wait, there's more. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I got these VIP tickets to a, a complimentary neuropathy event. Very excited for it looks like it could be a really good thing. Also comes with a coupon towards Summer Flowers. A $10 value. Um, which I, I'm pretty excited for. Please present this voucher at your neuropathy dinner event for a free $10 coupon. So I've got tickets to this neuropathy event where I can eat for free. And then, on top of that, I can bring this coupon, and I can get $10 towards Summer Flowers. Uh, and it is a beautiful-looking bouquet that I can't wait to um, take on the, um, you know, I can't wait to take on my sharp electric plane uh, to Vegas to go see my family. Uh, and I'll give them these flowers, these summer flowers, these beautiful summer flowers. And I'll also tell them about my uh, my leg foot disorder, where um, my leg and my foot are inseparable on flyers from chiropractors. Uh, okay, now now officially there's a fork in it. We're done. Uh, so yeah, that's that's um, that's what I got in the mail, and I thought that that was uh, was interesting. I get the weirdest things in the mail. I get like that. I get like things inviting me to purchase a plot uh, to be buried in Glendale. Which, um, I don't know. I mean, that seems like something that uh, the legal system would subject you to. Uh, so, I don't know. Glendale. I had to tell, s I had to break the news to someone that Glendale is a boring place. And uh, over the weekend, they had just moved here. They've been here a week. And, uh, you know, I had to judge where they lived. And uh, I felt terrible about it. But I also felt like, um, you know, get fucking used to it. Um, it's a light. You're probably going to have your place judged. You know, that's just the way it goes. Just the way it breaks, kid. Just the way the ball breaks. Um, so what else? 
uh, did I do? I uh, I went to Barnesville Park again. It was wonderful. Uh, I took an amazing nap. I really like the idea of just laying in the sun. I think that might be my thing now. Uh, just laying in the sun for fun. In the sun for fun. On the run. With a gun. For fun. Uh, that was a terrible rhyme. And uh, so, yeah, I went sunbathing in, t- in Barnesville Park. It was just looked wonderful. There were all these dogs there. There was this little dog there uh, that I want to call. You know, he was, like, scraggly. And, like, he had, like, that kind of, like, he had, it was, like, a rat-sized dog. And, uh, but, like, his hair, it wasn't like a Pomeranian where his hair is pretty. Like, his hair was just all ugly and scraggly. And I've seen a few people with these kinds of dogs. And the hair is just all scraggly and it's all shrimpy. Um, he looked like Steve Buscemi. Uh, basically. And, uh, so Buscemi, uh, was just walking around and sniffing around me. And, uh, it was just, he wondered if I had some food and, you know, we just hung out. Uh, but little Buscemi was there. And then also there was like this little girl running around with just like the most smushed face, but like having so much fun and like giggling and like tottering around and like, you know, just like running around and like shooting these, like just these piercing smiles which is like the uttermost confidence and just this smushed face. It's like, you know, it's like the face of a baby looks like it's like it's like struggling to grow. You can like literally look at a baby's face and be like, oh, this isn't done yet. Like this, you know, this needs another 10 minutes in the oven. And um, and I, I love the when babies have these faces that are just like all weird smushed, like they're all round and just, you know, this bad haircut and just a smushed face. And uh, she just, I don't know, but her charm, her grace, she reminded me of Audrey Hepburn. So basically, like, Audrey and uh, and Steve Buscemi, uh, they started just, like, dancing together and tottering around. And I could just hear her laugh, and I could see the dog bark. And uh, and they just, you know, Barnstall Park, man. Just, I don't even know why I'm telling you about it, because you're going to encroach on my turf. I should, no one should go there. It's a hidden secret. It's wonderful. I'll just bring a blanket, because it's probably urine and needles everywhere. Anyways, other than that, <laughs> see that's my w- that's my way of actually trying to get you to not go to Barnstall Park. Uh, there's just urine needles everywhere, but otherwise, wonderful, wonderful, a oh, wonderful. You can't have a better time around uh, people drinking out of paper bags. Better than Barnstall Park. Um, no, in truth, actually, all the people in Barnstall Park who are drinking or using, they tend to stay on like the terrace part, like on the hills. But at the top, in the sun. It's mostly just like couples hanging out and uh, and babies and people sunbathing and the young and beautiful people of Los Angeles. Uh, so, yeah, Barnesville Park, very neat, very cool place. Uh, except, of course, for, you know, like I said, all the gunshots and uh, carjackings. Uh, but otherwise, yeah, totally go to Barnesville Park. Uh, uh, you might want to watch out... Uh, for um, the nails they put on the roads, though your car you may have to co- your your car may have to get towed along with uh, all the other cars. Um, but totally come to Barnesville Park. I'm not trying to keep it a secret. Totally come, but do watch out for all the knife stabbings. So, so you may want to wear some body armor, but uh, but totally come to Barnesville Park. Uh, I'm not trying to dissuade you. Uh, so uh, what else? is doing i um i i was uh, inspired by like listening to a bunch of uh, podcasts to start this one and uh, i really like bill burr so i was talking about that with someone that like bill burr is like 
he's like a jazz artist, like in the sense that like he plays himself, like not only in the sense of like, like Bill Burr has like a I mean that in like a double meaning, like because Bill Burr both has like a persona that he plays. Uh, like you know, like a like a persona, a personality that he has, uh, that he he plays stereotypically, but he also plays himself. Like, like he himself is like Bill Burr is, you know, Bill Burr knows that he himself is an instrument, which I love, right? Like, like he fundamentally like the the fun of seeing Bill Burr isn't even necessarily like his take. His take on things is interesting, but it's uh, the, the funniest thing about Bill Burr is that he's Bill Burr, like. Like he could talk about anything, and he's just oh, he's just so funny. He's just so funny because he just he's just like this persona. And when I say he plays himself, it's like he's an instrument, and he knows all the chords to hit. And it's like he does verses and choruses and verses. So like his podcast is like the chorus is always like, um, you know, the rich people and the Bilderbergs own everything, and they run the world. Uh, is one part of of what his you know his his feeling is. Uh, the other part is, you know, things like nerds are going to create the robots that destroy us. Uh, they're peeping on us. Uh, both Democrats and Republicans are crap. Um, and people who, you know, the Republicans give them a hard time for being too left. And Democrats give them a hard time for being right. And they're all just knuckleheads. Um, that he is a total psycho and crazy person. And he just, he just like, those are his choruses. And he can talk about anything, but he can, like, lead it. He can just, like, rant and lead it back to, like, one of those things. And it's just, like, a verse, chorus, verse structure, right? Like, he could be talking about, like, going on a trip and um, going to, um, you know, uh, he talked about, like, going to, like, a college campus. And uh, and then, you know, he mentioned Vanderbilt and that Vanderbilt has a good engineering program. Uh and having a good engineering program means they're going to, you know, there are probably the nerds there who are spying on us, jerking off through cameras, and uh, and they're going to build the robots that destroy the world. And in the meantime, they're getting rich. And, uh, you know, they, they go to these weird sex parties at Bilderberg group meetings. And it's like, that's the chorus. That's the hook in the song. And, like, and, and all of his stuff about going and, you know, visiting the University of Minnesota and, like, and then, you know, thinking that, you know, a folks school isn't good at football, their campus is ugly, and then going to Vanderbilt, er, or, you know, him telling, uh, the, you know, another comic telling him that Vanderbilt's campus is beautiful, and then, uh, and then him talking about how the campus is beautiful, uh, and that they have, they have a great engineering program there, even though their football team sucks, and then, you know, oh, wow, hey, we just went through a bunch of verses, now we're going to hit the chorus, which is engineers, engineers are doing X, Y, and Z, and it's just this beautiful structure, and I love, uh, I love Bill Burr, I love, it's just the fact that, like, and it's funny, because you can, you can be, like, not e agree with him in the least, but it's still, like, it's just fun to see this dude play this instrument, like, it's the, like, seeing Bill Burr is probably akin to seeing the Blue Man <laughs> Group, like just in 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 like that pure levels of just weirdness and like oddity uh it's just ugh it's just so fun playing with the with the mic okay i should not play with the on off button because then all of this beauty all of this beauty won't make it onto this episode um uh, but yeah no he just ugh it's funny cuz you could just be like i don't agree with this guy in the least but i can't help but watch him because he's just He's just crazy. 
He's just an insane person. And it's just like, I can't get enough of this verse, chorus, verse. And, ugh, it's, it's, I, I, you can't, you can't, like, help but just explode when you see, you know, when you see him, like, play, <laughs> when you see him play the instrument. And you just see, like, how crazy he's becoming. And just, like, how incensed. Like, you just, I don't, I don't care. It's like hip-hop. Like, the music can be just, like, misogynistic as fuck, but you'll see all the ladies dancing to it. Because it's just, there's a musicality to it that is irresistible. It's, it really is, it really is, like, um, like, like, like how Socrates, the, when he, like, was, you know, in the Republic, he's like, I'm gonna ban all music except approved music. Like, you know, he's, like, into a bunch of things, but, like, when he's like, when I create the Republic, no music. No music. Why? They ask him, why? Why no music? And he's like, because music is frigging incredible. Music can, like, distort the mind and twist the brain, and it's amazing, and, you know, it's so persuasive in all these totally illogical ways, and that's exactly what Wilbur is. That's exactly what the yin-yang twins is. I don't know why I love Little John, but I do. I love him so much. I can't get enough of him. He might be my hero. He might legitimately be a hero of mine. Um, and, you know, I mean, and literally, right? Like, the, the, the yin-yang twins, like, the chorus of the song is like, hey, bitch, where do you see my dick? Like, and everyone was dancing to it. Everyone was dancing to it because it's irresistible. It's irresistible. It's adorable. It's amazing. I can't get enough of it. I can't get enough of it, baby. I can't get enough of it, baby. Even that chorus, I can't get enough of you, baby. Bilber's like pop music. Uh, you know, even more maybe, I mean, he's like jazz in the sense of like this is an improvisational thing. But really it's like jazz, then it got perfected as pop music. He is, Bill Burr is like the Rolling Stones. You just, you like, but like a Rolling Stones that just keeps churning out new hits. Because like he's, th he's they're really starting to understand like it's not even about the songs. Like it's just, it's about his psychosis. That's about his like anger. <laughs> like that's the chorus. And uh, I don't, oh, God, God damn it. I love it. I love it. Big big ups to to you know what turn off turn off this podcast and go listen to the Monday morning podcast because you'll you'll see what I mean when you get a taste when you get a little taste when you get a little taste of it. Um, I went to the uh, the Mondrian, uh, which is because uh, I was going to a show at the comedy store with a friend. Uh, we were supposed to, we were supposed to go in and maybe join the rest of this group, and uh, no one else. And then it was sold out by the time we got there. So we just went uh, across the street. We just like walked the strip, and uh, we ended up going into the Mondrian, which has one of the most beautiful views of Los Angeles, I think, in my opinion. It's just gorgeous. It's like this beautiful view. And uh, and we just like we we tried to go get a seat so we could go sit by the window. And uh, and it was funny. The server was like, because I was like, this place is really froofy and very unfriendly. And I am wearing sneakers. And I am wearing sneakers with uh, with uh, crew length socks, and we are probably gonna get in because this is a hotel. So they literally, <laughs> there's like a civil rights law that keeps them from not letting us in. <laughs> like literally, literally. I think I think I think that's the only reason they have to let us in the main lobby of the Mondrian. Anyways, uh, which means we can go to the restaurant. They actually serve food there, uh, so I think they can't really exclude us. Uh, which was the only reason we got in. 
I think I might have been wearing my Crocs. And, um, <laughs> and yeah, it's like the only reason. Like, the literally, it's like a civil rights song in the book. Like, you cannot let poor-looking mother suckers, uh, you can't keep them out of hotels. They just, they got to, you know, you got to let them, you got to let them in. You got to let them in. <laughs> or the FBI will have to, you know, close you down um, as not accommodating people. I mean, it's literally an establishment with a restaurant. And, I mean, restaurants generally, I don't think, I don't know. I don't think restaurants are allowed to have dress codes or something. Because, I mean, after that night, they probably were like, yeah, you know, um, maybe maybe dining jackets. Maybe we want people to uh, have dining jackets on. Um, but we went into the Mondrian. I went with a friend. And uh, it was just like I told him about that, that basically, like, the Mondrian's restaurant is over a cliff. And it's like a beautiful view, uh, basically down all the way down. Not all the way to the South Bay, but, I mean, but very far. Um and, you know, maybe, yeah, I mean, maybe not down to Palos Verdes, but, but probably pretty far south. And um, at least to, I would say, you probably see lights definitely from Culver City, I want to say. I don't know, maybe that's too far. Maybe it's, no, 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 no. Maybe, I, I don't, I don't know. I think you probably see, like, uh, probably 20 miles. No, nah, more than 20, maybe 30 miles, I don't know. Uh, and anyways, it was just, it was, uh, it was just like this, it's this beautiful view, and he was like, okay, cool, let's go check it out, and we went and checked it out, and we got through the door, because like I said, uh, that civil rights law, thank you, uh, Malcolm X slash MLK, uh, MLK, MLK, Malcolm X, uh, footleg, uh, condition, um, extreme electrical plane, and, uh, you know, assorted things, uh, we went into the Mondrian, uh, and we wanted to go and sit by the bar and he was just like you're right this view is gorgeous and so we tried to get a table uh by um you know the window so we could like look overlook it and uh and we couldn't we didn't uh we didn't get in there and uh but but they said we couldn't we couldn't sit there but we could sit at the bar uh actually the server it was really funny he he like looked at us and he was like well uh we're not serving right now but um why don't you go check with the hostess and then he said, um, her name is Camille. And then he just, like, scurried off. And uh, my friend and I, I mean, immediately when he said, her friend is, her name is Camille. Like, I was like, oh, he's trying to say, remember that name because you're going to need all the help you can get to try to get a seat at this table. Uh, and then he scurried off in fear. So uh, we go over to the hostess desk, and uh, Camille comes out. Not the friendliest like i mean if i had to describe how it was like when camille came out it was like we went to the hostess desk and we were like we like rang the little bell for the hostess and a dragon uh suddenly appeared out of the night sky flew around landed on the mondrian and then uh like proceeded to uh breathe fire roar and then saw us down at uh at the uh, hostess desk at, you know, the dragon saw us at, at her hostess desk and then proceeded to climb down the side of the building. Her magic, her, her, her massive claws just like hitting and gripping the side of the building as she climbs down and just making these like rattling noises like an insect or those monsters in a quiet place. And it uh, was like fire coming out of the nostrils. Um, what are you two looking for? We said, uh, um, uh, 
well, uh, dragon. Um, we come here in hopes of securing a seat by the window. And the dragon went, hmm, well, mortal, no, we're closed, that part of the restaurant is closed tonight, uh, we have to, um, hmm, you can go sit by the bar, Let's see, you know, and as she said bar and opened her mouth wide see the razor tarp sharp teeth inside and uh we said mm, that sounds good we'll uh we'll check out the menu and she looked down at my shoes uh with my crew length socks and uh my orthopedic uh shoes and uh and she said hmm um yeah you can't get in the bar with those the, there's a bar on the other side but you can't get in wearing something like that and uh i said okay and then the dra- and then she you know proceeded to turn around back onto the top of the Mondrian uh, so she could catch a, uh, a you know, the upwind and uh, and launched and flew off into the night. My friend and I looked at each other, we went to the bar, we checked out the menu, uh, $9 drinks, we could hang out for, uh, $9 beer, excuse me, we could probably hang out for about another 15 minutes, and I said no thank you, and uh, we left. Uh, but it was still cool, and it was cool to, uh, to walk around, like, the Mondrian, to walk around that area, and just, like, see all the stuff that's going on over there and see how uh everything looks and how uh you know just like that area is beautiful it, you know around the comedy store like used to be that area was pretty seedy you know you got a lot of like run down places you got a lot of like you know knock off coyote uglies and stuff and uh and they're putting up all these like ritzy new buildings and uh there was like a little like there was like one place that had um there was a there was like a one of these like permanent residence places where it's not an apartment it's like you can rent a place like maybe like an apartment for like a week and it comes furnished with all this you know like a really nice chair like the kind of chair that I'm putting my towel on right now and um you know and you can live out of there and it was just like this beautiful like they had this beautiful area with like a ton of succulents and again another beautiful view over down to the south bay uh and it was just gorgeous and uh, very fun, and we had a nice night. We just laughed. Uh, we did not make it into the show, but we had a good time nonetheless. It's a little hard to go into the comedy store uh, as a comic lately because, well, there's just uh, usually they sell out a lot lately. Um, what else did I want to talk about? I uh, am finally back on a regular sleep schedule. Uh, I was not for a long time. I blame it on uh, I had a uh, my my friend. Um, lent me his PS4, uh, and uh, actually, I, I think friend might be the wrong word. I think enemy or uh, soul eater uh, might be a more appropriate term at this time, because uh, oh my god, like the PS4, it just killed me. It killed me. Um, it destroyed my life. Uh, in whew, over the course of uh, probably seven days, I played fifty hours of uh, this one game, Horizon Zero Dawn. Amazing game, uh, very interesting plot, interesting ideas about uh, futurism and the destruction of uh, society and uh, the system. And my God, it, um, it took over my life. Uh, and it was amazing and delicious. And I had never played so many hours of video games in such a long time. You know, seeing the sun come up and continuing to play video games. Like, seeing the sun coming up 
feeling the shame bubbling up in me being like, I played video games all night. And then as soon as I finished that, I uh, <laughs> unpaused the game and uh, continued playing until 10 a.m. Uh, I played so much video games. I was so happy. I, I Eventually, I had to... My way of dealing with the PS4 was to actually just uh, unplug it. I didn't unplug... And I, I, I didn't even unplug every cable. I just unplugged the power cable. I didn't want to unplug uh, the cable that connected it to the TV with the HDMI cable because I was like, well, that, you know, maybe I'll plug it back in. But I, I literally had to unplug it just to give myself one extra step to, uh, to, um, <laughs> I had to give myself one extra step, um, to keep myself from, from just fucking giving my life over to the PS4. Anyways, okay, I'm gonna take another, uh, break. Okay, uh, and we're back. Uh, yeah, the PS4 just, uh, it just ate up my life. It swallowed it whole, and, um, I'm back now. I feel like it was... <laughs> Getting a video game system is like Close Encounters of the Third Kinds, where you have been uh, apparently abducted by aliens and taken to a totally different planet. Uh, and um, your your butt's definitely been played with. And uh, you just come back and you feel weird, and all your friends are like, where did you go? And you're like, I don't know. <laughs> but I feel different inside. Uh, and yeah, I just, oh God, the PS4, it took over my life, but I, I, I still consider him a friend. That was, it was wonderful to play. The graphics on those systems are incredible. And the fact that uh, the entire, is it all those, all those video games are literally stored on the hard drive of the system. So like, he's not even putting any discs in is just so freaking cool. Ugh. It's so cool. It's so cool. The PS4 is so cool. Uh, my inner, my inner nerd just gushing over it, just gushing over it, just ugh, just having ugh. Such a good system, so much fun to play. Uh, wireless controller, re built-in rechargeability. Who would have thunk of something so obvious? Sony Entertainment, that's who. And it was just oh, it was so good, so good, so good, so good, so good. PS4. Amazing. Can't endorse it enough. So much fun to play. This video game had like such interesting ideas. Horizon Zero Dawn. Such interesting ideas about like futurism and AI and had this this subplot. Uh, spoiler alert if you uh, haven't uh, you know played it yet. Uh, you want to stop at this point. But just just like really interesting ideas about the future and technology and like basically has this idea that like a weapons manufacturer builds. Uh, this or he, he this 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 you know trillionaire industrialist builds uh, a technology system uh, you know and then he decides to actually start going into the weapons business and uh, and basically like one of his star engineers leaves when he goes into the weapons business and uh, and she goes off and does her own thing and he stays in the weapons business and then starts building military systems that can self-replicate. And can run themselves, and basically he loses con loses control of the code, and uh, the entire planet uh, basically becomes covered in all of these creatures. And he brings the woman who left the company, who's just like a savant environmentalist, uh, just really responsible, utterly ethical scientist, basically 
um, you know, builds basically a, a a plan to save the human race, uh, even though everyone else, like, ba basically to save the human race in the future using the same nanotechnology uh, and to preserve uh, culture and civilization. Um, you know, uh, and yeah, to preserve everything. Um, and she has this ambitious goal, and she brings together all these brilliant minds from around the world uh, to make that happen. And, um, you know, she's just this loving person. And I was just, it just was inspiring. It was like, oh, yeah, no, like, it just, you know, humanity has that kind of, like, love in it, really. Like, we have that kind of, like, love, and we have so much culture, and we have so much to share with one another, and so much to pass on. And, um... And we also could just be like, you know, fucking things up immensely. And it shows our potential to do that. And just, ugh, thematically, the game just like had so many beautiful ideas in it. And I just found it so moving. Uh, uh, it just like mixed futurism with like, you know, having an old, you know, also like an art, you know, like a hunter gatherer society and the beginnings of a, a civiliz, you know, a civilization. Um,. It's just, ugh, I, I mean, it's hard for me to describe, and I'm not doing the greatest job, but it's just, if you have a chance, play Horizon Zero Dawn. It is wonderful. Even if you're not into video games, it might be hard. Like, the game mechanics might be difficult to play if, if you're not into video games, but it's just so fun. And the hunting mechanics are really great. Um, yeah, the hunting mechanics are so cool uh, in the game. And, yeah, and the plot and the themes are just awesome. Uh, so do that. Uh, Last of Us is pretty neat as well. Anyways, uh, we're at 53 minutes, and I'm going to cut it short because I got somewhere to be. Uh, but I hope um, you enjoyed this episode, and uh, you can hit me up at uh, on Instagram at LOL. Again, that's JackMichelleLOL. Uh, so, all right, that's me on Twitter, and then on, on Instagram it's JackMichelles with an S. So that's J-A-C-K-M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E-S uh, on Instagram and then Jack Michelle LOL on Twitter. Um, thanks for listening. Peace and love.